Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast by the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Pearl Steinzer, Assistant Editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we had the opportunity to speak with an author from a study published in the September 2023 issue. The article, Factors Associated with Lung Cancer Risk Factor Documentation, is a study that identified several factors associated with determining an individual's eligibility for lung cancer screening, as well as the clinic-level variability in documentation. On this episode, I have the pleasure of introducing Dr. Farhoud Farja, a senior investigator of the study. Dr. Farja, welcome to the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit more about the work that you do? Uh, Yeah, good morning. My name is Farhud Farja. I'm a thoracic surgeon at the University of Washington in Seattle um, and also at the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center. And um, I'm also a health services researcher and um, I, I collaborate on this study, and I want to acknowledge that Dr. Leah Marcotte is, is the lead author on the project, and I know she very much wanted to be here, and I hope that, and I will try to fill her very big shoes today. All right. Uh, first question, can you provide some context around why you chose to study lung cancer risk factor documentation? Yeah, you know, there there are two very large randomized trials, one in North America, one in Europe, that show that annual low-dose CT screening um, reduces lung cancer mortality. And despite these studies being out for several years now, the implementation of lung cancer screening in the United States, it, depending on what estimates you look at, are either in the single digits or in the teens. So there's been a lot of effort and energy looking at barriers to implementation. And among the set of barriers, one of them is that health systems just don't have the information they need to either measure their performance with regards to screening uh, or leverage the EHR to facilitate screening. And and this idea came from a study um, that was published among integrated health systems led by authors, um, doctors Michael Gould and um, Dr. Lori Sakota and others. Um, And what they showed was that something like uh, 40 but basically two-fifths to two-thirds of folks had complete lung cancer risk factor documentation. So the, you know, that, that's the context behind the study. And what we wanted to do um, was to look at how um, lung cancer risk factor documentation varies uh, across patient factors, clinician factors, uh, and clinic, uh, clinic factors um, within an academic health system. And can you explain the specific risk factors that were documented in the study to determine eligibility for lung cancer screening? And were there any risk factors that were consistently underreported or overlooked? And what are the potential implications of insufficient documentation? Yeah, so the um, 
<clears throat> the, uh, the, you know, lung cancer screening is unusual in, in that patient selection not only depends on demographic variables, but also exposure or behavioral variables. So the, the criteria for lung cancer screening is varied over time, but it involves age, it involves uh, um, smoking status in terms of inhaled tobacco use of current or former um, tobacco user, uh, the pack years uh, of smoking and um, the number of years quit. So if you look at that study of integrated health systems or even our own system, um, you know, smoking status is very well documented. And that's in part because um, there is a uh, CMS EHR incentive program, or also called meaningful use, that, that has really resulted in like smoking status being collected in the EHR and, and over 90%, sometimes over 95% of folks. So our study uh, was a cross-sectional study looking at people within the eligible age range for screening, um, which is 55 to 80 for the time period of study. Um, and who were either current or former tobacco users. And, and we focused on two specific risk factors, and that was pack years and years quit. And we found that about half of people had pack years documented within the electronic health record within structured data fields. And for about a third of people had years quit uh, documented in the EHR. So it was really the years quit that was the most underreported, but even pack years, uh, it, it was just over half. So a majority are underreported. Um, and so the, the implications of that are that they're twofold. One is if you're measuring your use of screening among eligible individuals, um, you don't have enough information um, to come up with a denominator. You can count the number of CTs done, but you can't count the number of people who are eligible. So that's a problem for the health system in terms of measuring uh, screening utilization. And from a, a leveraging the EHR perspective, if you're, if you're going to use automated systems to, to remind clinicians or patients um, who are appropriate for screening, uh, you, if the information's not there, the automated systems can't trigger those alerts or, or those outreach interventions that would promote someone to get more information about lung cancer screening. Mm -hmm. Got it. Given your findings, what recommendations or interventions do you suggest would help to improve risk factor documentation and consequently eligibility for lung cancer screening, especially for underserved populations? Yeah, I think there's, there's kind of two broad ways that our study will have impact. I think one is at the local health system level and, and, and actually I think, at least in my opinion, I think there's a potential for it to affect um, this at the national level. So the um, you know, we had hypothesized um, because of well-known social determinants of health that there would be variability across patient level factors. And um, we observed that um, race, preferred language, insurance status, and patient portal activation were associated 
uh, inversely associated with risk factor documentation um, in, in accordance with our hypothesis. We'd also hypothesized that it might vary along clinician factors like primary care specialty because of known differences, at least at that time of the study, of how specialties viewed screening. Um, but interestingly, we did not find variation or any association between clinician factors and documentation. We also looked at variability across clinics, and, um, and we also looked at a clinic or system level factor, which is the medical assistant to primary care ratio. And um, we observed a very large degree of variability across clinics, um, but no association between the MA to PCP uh, resource and documentation. So the, the summary findings are uh, race, preferred language, insurance, patient portal activation were inversely associated with documentation and, um, and there was a lot of variability across clinics. So I think at the local health system level that the kind of interventions very broadly would be designed to uh, bridge knowledge gaps among um, stakeholders and clinic staff uh, there would be interventions that direct resources, um, and, and that could come in various manifestations. It could be FTE for a medical assistant or other staff to input data. It might be hardware like tablets distributed to clinicians or to patients in the waiting area. It might be um, modifying the, the patient portal so patients can um, enter that data themselves. But it's also resources um, dedicated to the analysts that construct and maintain the databases. Um, for the third intervention, which is performance feedback, and that would require a cultural shift in every institution. And, and I think that, that that performance feedback could occur at the clinician level, the clinic level, and the system level. So th those are three uh, broad categories of interventions that would occur locally. I, th I think the way that our data might inform a, a national perspective on this is that um, you know, I was recently excited to learn that the National Committee for Quality Assurance is developing a new HEDIS measure for lung cancer screening. And I think that measure has the potential of aligning incentives between health systems and uh, insurers, payers, and other stakeholders to really move the needle on lung cancer screening. Um, and while I don't know what that measure is going to be, um, I, I would estimate that it's a measure of, or I predict that it's a measure of utilization of uh, uh, low-dose CT among eligible individuals. And so I think our research provides an opportunity um, for the National Committee for Quality Assurance to think more broadly about their metric or metrics, especially if they are interested in promoting equitable delivery of care. Um, so, for example, there's a lot of unexpected research findings out there that show that lung cancer screening uh, rates don't vary along race. This is an unintuitive finding, um, given what we know about our society. And the, the idea here is that maybe the HEDIS measure should not only be utilization of screening among eligibles, but maybe it should be an examination at the health system level of frequency of lung cancer risk factor documentation. Because you could imagine, and, and we don't know this, but one could imagine 
that if risk factor documentation was incomplete along the lines of patient factors, um, that a health system could intentionally or unintentionally promote inequitable screening. And, and the way that would manifest is that this be this differential exclusion from the denominator of a metric that only looks at utilization of screening among eligibles. So um, I'm, you know, we're really hopeful that um, this consideration um, or our research findings will be a consideration in the, in the metric development um, for HEDIS. Great. Um, and I know that you already spoke about this briefly, but if there's anything else that you want to add, um, what are the next steps in your research to further investigate and address the issues in your study? Um, and how do you see the findings of the study contributing um, to the broader context of electric health records and digital health systems? Yes, yeah, certainly those, those local... Um interventions, knowledge gaps, resources, performance feedback. I, I think the manifestations of those will probably vary at the local level. And, and, and this is all in the spirit of implementation science. And I think there's, there's research that could be done to look at which of those interventions or which combinations of interventions offer the highest value. Um, I think that would be of interest to health systems. You know, the, the other research finding um, that I didn't mention was that we, uh, our, our modeling looked at how much of the variability across clinics within a single health system could be explained by measured variables. And um, only 50% of that variability could be explained by measured variables. So I also think there's an opportunity from a research perspective for discovery. And I think that would manifest as qualitative research, stakeholder engagement, um, and really trying to understand with greater granularity, uh, what, are the, what are the barriers and the facilitators of risk factor documentation? And then in terms of a broader context for electronic health records, digital health systems. I, I think this interface of lung cancer screening and the, and the EHR serves uh, as a use case um, that, that could generate lessons learned on how to leverage the EHR to facilitate health services uh, that are intended to improve not only population, but also individual health. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity to share this work on, uh, on behalf of our team. To learn more about disparities and challenges in lung cancer screening, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.